This is Restless. Welcome back to Restless, a post-mortem on the young, restless, and reformed. Pastor Michael, we had to leave the beach. We we heard the call, the bat, the restless bat signal was put up into the sky because the TGC Instagram posted a real opinion recently that people had some thoughts on social media. Pastor Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing well. My swimsuit's still wet. I'm still, oh, I'm like dripping. We just ran. We just ran straight from the beach here in Wisconsin. <laughs> we, we, and we, man, like, uh, we got to just take a break from this restless summer enjoyment and come on into uh, TGC we, again. Now, when there's a signal, like when there's a restless signal or a signal for us, like the bat signal in the sky, does it just say TGC? Or what does it say? What? Well, <laughs> maybe it's got like, they can switch out Tim Keller watch, TGC, various... Mm. Uh, very un, um, the the Mars Hill postmortem podcast is not ending. Like yeah, you know, just these are keeps, all the kinds just of keeps things. trying to take our podcast. Yeah, um, so we get messages about all these kinds of things. We do have some more great interviews coming for Restless Summer. Cr Wiley, we have a great interview um, on the Desert Fathers. More from the Davenant. I hope you guys love that. The patrons only purely Presbyterian episode was also great. And we'll have an uh, interview with another church planter thinking about the future of church planting and the confessional reformed. And if those things go together, maybe they're PB and J. But but today we had to leave it all behind. We had to leave it all behind. But this is Restless, the Restless podcast, a postmortem on the young, restless and reformed, which is why we get the calls when TGC posts. And our podcast, one way I like to describe it is it's the fun stripe gum of podcasts. The sweetness lasts for a moment, and we hope the mark on you lasts long enough for you to tell your friends about it. And so, (laughs) welcome in. I like it. And so, I like it. I also haven't had that kind of gum in a long time. You're bringing me back to my childhood. I found some at a grocery store up here where we moved and bought some for my kids immediately, of course. (laughs) And I will bring you a piece the next time I see you. So you can enjoy. You can have those 20 seconds of bliss. Yeah, um, man, that'll and, just bring it, bring me right back. Love it. I'll bring a little for your kids. Well, all right, let's get into this post. Um, Pastor Michael, because I've been moving, I didn't even send this one to you, but this one even got you going. Wow, they, they, they're sharing this one. And so I think there was a tweet that really, that really signal boosted this to the world and made people wonder from William Wolf on Twitter. And he said his commentary on it. Now, you know, we're not going to read his commentary on it. We want to let the listener, after we read the post, you tell us what this Instagram post sounds like TGC is doing. This is posted by TGC to their Instagram. Um, Because as you know, unlike Restless, who probably should do this, most content creators, they post things like to Instagram and to Twitter with all these like pull quotes. So like people read and interact with their stuff. We, on the other hand, don't do any of that because we're bad at this. We're so bad at it. Hey, help (laughs) us out. If you're a social media guru and you want to take on the Restless podcast as a fun side project, we would love to have you email us, DM us, do what you need to do. We would love to. But here's what TGC thought you would love to read as you scrolled Instagram. What do people scroll Instagram for? I probably don't want to think about that because I don't have any (laughs) memes. Memes. This is this is a family friendly podcast. That's the answer is memes. That's the only thing I like on those kinds of websites. So 
you're scrolling. I literally, your... I don't know that I've ever used Instagram. I've gone on to post for uh, the, you know, uh, our farm page. And I've gone on, I think a couple times for Restless. I don't think I've been on Instagram except for that. <laughs> so. so there are some good memes there. And that's about it. But here is what TGC interrupted your meme feed with. Every culture and nation must find consent in public ethics, specifically on what is prohibited, permitted, and promoted for the common good. True toleration must include living peaceably with deep differences. Most Western nations have extended marital status arrangements uh, to arrangements other than heterosexual monogamy. The wise Christian will affirm the legal right of consenting adults to order their lives without fear. Yet, that right does not entail affirming the goodness of these arrangements. Believers can be good neighbors to all while diverging on some moral issues. Listener, what does it sound like? This is the question for you, listener. We'll give you a second to think about it. What does it sound like TGC has just done with this post? You, you think about that. You'd let us know on Twitter what you thought when you saw this. Yeah, what are they trying to do? What are they like, trying to the even purpose? say? Yeah. So, Pastor Michael, why don't you tell us your opinion of, you don't have to tell everyone what you sent to me immediately after they said this, but... Why don't I don't you, remember what I sent you, but... <laughs> why don't you, you might want to look and then you can decide if you Oh, want. yeah. <laughs> throw that down to the world um uh yeah i don't i don't know if i'll say that here yet maybe i'll maybe we'll get into it but maybe uh, we'll get into it someday especially for by the way on the patron feed i promise you we will get into it so <laughs> pastor michael when you see this statement what uh either um what what would be troubling what is going on in this kind of a statement so let's say the most obvious thing about this statement is that this is the gospel coalition attempting to tell you how to map a, a map a way forward in the we'll call it the use their language which i've now found is all over the post-christian west right this is mm. they're trying to give you a way forward in the post-christian west yeah and i mean the reality is that is where we're at right i mean the yep. the, the west is very much uh, um and so the fact that it's fine good um good to try to uh christians understand how we're to do that um the the tactic that they are taking seems to be the tactic of what will allow the least possible resistance or like mm. what will what will uh make it the easiest for us to not get in trouble with the kind of current uh ruling worldview mm. and uh now like to their credit i mean they say right hey we can't endorse the goodness of these arrangements right but they seem to take it and they seem to expect all Christians to just accept. They don't, I mean, you know, so uh, trying to pull it up here again, but the, you know, the statement that, you know, the wise Christian will 
affirm right. the legal right of consenting adults to order their lives without fear. Yet, and it goes on, you know, we're not going to affirm the goodness of these things. So in other words, um, in order to be a wise Christian, you have to affirm this legal right, meaning like the, the question on these things is over, right? The legal question's over. Um, you don't get to you don't get to to try to change the current legality of some of these things. You don't you have you have to just affirm. Yep, that's how it is. Um, and in my estimation, this would be in essence saying, hey, just roll over, accept it. Um, it's done. There's no going back. And not only that, but it does, you know, and we can get into this in more detail. Um, but, you know, the fact that it sneaks in, well, this is what the wise Christian will do. That's one thing. But then also the fact that it, it works in this idea of consenting adults. Mm. Why? Why is that? Like, what? why does that matter in this, in this context? Um, and like, what, what if the legality of something stops using consent as any kind of, of standard? Right. Does, does the wise Christian then affirm that it's just the consent is one of those words that is just kind of a buzzword that nobody really fully defines. And it's, it's very loose. Um, it's, it's being used in a very loose way often, uh, but it is the common, right? That's the common uh, wording. That's that's what you're supposed to say today. Right. And so that's like, that's the standard. What's the standard? Well, does the government say this is what it's going to be right now? And is it consenting adults? Mm. That's the only questions available. Yeah. Uh, but again, so just like to step back from that though, again, is to simply say, it seems to me that it's it's just saying, hey, it's over. Um, if you wanted to see Obergefell uh, overruled, if you wanted to see some of these things changed, um, guess what? You can't, right? The wise Christian doesn't get to do that. They simply have to accept the way things are right now. Yes. Yes. Okay. So let me actually, on this issue of consent, this is a little side trail, just because I want to give a, a tip of the hat to Tim Keller, because that's, you know, sometimes we give tip of the hats here before we go into this tweet or this post that uh tgc created this very real opinion they created um i think uh tim keller talking talking about consent now right it's this cultural buzzword yeah uh, i've learned that tim keller in his context when he talks about the christian i'm sure he calls it the christian sex ethic because you know that we have to always use that kind of terminology for everything is he says actually christians believe sex was meant to be super consensual as in we believe sex is meant to be shared only in the context of sharing your entire lives as men and women like meant to create life together and i'm like mm -hmm. that's actually maybe a helpful way to help people yeah. think about this yeah it's really good that's that's hel maybe helpful language now um because it Again, it, it helps, yeah, it helps the person understand why we think this way. It helps them understand that actually even the flimsiness of their term of consent, right? Which is kind of what you're getting at. But so I want to give that tip of the cap. I think that was actually a helpful thing um, he said recently. And we, and we may come back to where that came from another time. But in this post, there's something very interesting here. Let's, 
I want to I want to say that it talks about that this idea we need to find interestingly common consent. This article, the way these buzzwords work together, we <laughs> maybe we'll get to this. It they feel like uh, a uh, a word populator may have been used, but <laughs> you but, mean like some kind of AI? No, nah, not yet. Well, not, yeah, yeah. Nah, no, of course not. <laughs> but, but they're talking. But I was actually just reading um, because of uh, the 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 position. The one of the positions I was taking. I was reading something about secularism, like and the and the modern secular age we're in. Um, so you can imagine the kinds. If a person knows about these things, you can imagine a lot of what I've been reading is that actually secularism has been the first attempt in human history to hold a human society together without any religious or cultural like shared ideals that that yeah. like so this idea that like we need to find this common consent like this comp there's this got to be something common underlying it is actually one not a shared necessarily a shared idea Two, what it says yeah. is the the shared view of the common good we have to accept the christian's duty then is to accept the culture's prevailing view of the common good yeah. right like this is what he's saying yep. this is what this is saying by the end right and well I, and he says right true toleration must include living peaceably with deep differences um like this this idea right common consent hey there's deep differences but we have to live peaceably and agree on certain fundamental things which you know is whatever we all agree to um that very idea is so like you have to assume so many things to get there right right you have to assume that that is even possible that right. people who think that uh, a child in the womb is a child and should be protected and people who believe that you should be able to kill this child up right. until and even after the point of birth that somehow, well, we need to find some kind of, well, as long as we have some kind of common consent, we can find a way to live together. Like there's not, I don't think that there is any point in, in history, probably before at least pretty recent history, where people thought, oh, yeah, that's definitely possible. Like it's possible for people who are um, radically opposed on religious grounds to govern together. The very idea of pluralism is like I, I think that this is a like you said, it's a new this is a new experiment historically. Right. And the idea that this obviously can just work, that we're just accepting this. I like I just don't think it's I think it's maybe even objectively you're able to say it doesn't work. Yep. I mean it's not working, you know, it's yep. not it's not continuing. Yep. And 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 here's you actually bring up a one of the things I wanted to say about this. This is the argument that your I don't know. Well, I, I don't want to insult your friend who used to talk this way. This is the way your inconsistent friend actually used to talk on abortion. This is the well, now I would personally never get an abortion. But I would never tell someone what their right to do is, what what they should be do on this issue. This is taking that issue to marriage and other cultural issues. And yep. the and my question is: We obviously everyone listening here probably recognizes that that was wrong with abortion because a fundamental moral issue was at stake. Hmm. Right, a fundamental moral issue was at stake. 
isn't the same like it's it perhaps is not to the same um degree because there isn't murder right at stake but adultery is at stake yeah dissolution of marriage is at stake so i don't know that the christian view gets to be well you know i personally would never do this but you know it's not my place to like i have to affirm your right like this is like it is my christian duty to say that is my it's your right to do that like even that's what the wise christian will do right even if like what you're saying is like on a practical level yes legally you can do that in this country right like that is this is that argument being resurrected to defend yeah. to defend gay marriage or uh how many people because again they 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 wisely did not number add any number to the number of consenting adults here because that that what makes two what what why would you know what's two what's two people consenting adults right yeah affirm it right the wise christian much must affirm the right of consenting adults right order their lives without fear that that also isn't just an interesting line that uh it it adds without fear well what do you mean by that because it's not possible actually for uh two people to rebel drastically against god and say well they're never going to have to fear right well they they should fear right they should fear uh a holy god who they are mocking right both right. mocking his creation mocking his his design uh in marriage um like that that is something that you should fear should fear right. the the reality that he has established certain um you know creation ordinances like marriage that uh, when these things dissolve or are you know redefined it inevitably leads to absolute social chaos like you can't you can't get around that you know and so this idea that well we can all just we're just going to agree to disagree and and just kind of make this work that breaks down really fast it breaks down really fast also, right. hey, well, we're going to agree to disagree. Okay, well then, uh, you know, what does that look like then in, say, the training up of children? Yep. Um, do we teach the kids, hey, it's a, it's okay to disagree? Well, you know, they, they dare I say, that like the, the anti-Christian position on this front, right, the, the secularist position is not, well, we're just going to agree to disagree. Right. It's not, well, we'll just kind of, hey, we'll just teach, hey, there are different values in this country and and we all have different ideas about you know what people should or shouldn't do and and that's okay right well that's not that's not how it is um it's you are very likely not for long anyway depending on where you live uh, in this country you may not be allowed to teach your own children that some of these things are not good even as this article says right and so the idea that like well societally we can all come to this common consent I just don't think it's I don't think it's accurate. I do, by the way, believe that there's ways in which we can come to some kind of common consent. Um, but I think I what people try to do today is we're trying to do that right without there can be no kind of, you know, uh, without any kind of religious overlap, without any kind of right. 
of, you know, actual like fundamental worldview issues being the same, we can come together over policy issues. That's not, I don't think that that's right. Now, could we say, hey, we've got, you know, we've got Lutherans and the Reformed and we've got some Roman Catholics and uh, they all have deep disagreements, but they share the same state. And they have to figure out some way to, you know, uh, run things together. Um, this is basically what was happening at the founding of the country, right? This was the the very idea of why state churches or, you know, a federalized church was not to be established right. because there were many different Christian religious traditions that were, you know, in different places. And we were all trying to say, hey, we can we can all get along in certain ways, yep. right? We can and, we can work together. And so why? this idea of common consent, there's something there. But yep. the idea that it's just on this level of, well, we can figure out, you know, like policy issues or how to live peaceably um, on these moral issues when there's zero foundational worldview, right. religious uh, overlap. Yeah, that just that's an absurd idea, I think. Right. I agree. Right. And then uh, the other thing I'll just add there is and on the ecclesiastical front. Right. That's why the idea of denominationalism came up. Yeah. Right? Hey. You know, we have some really deep differences we're not going to agree on. We're also going to choose to not start a war of religion on it. Yeah. You know, like with each Great. other. And I'm all for that. You <laughs> By know, the way, yeah. I don't want us to start a war of religion. And and I want to say two things about this. One, before we get any screams from the haters on this, that, you know, uh, Pastor Michael is starting a Christian theocracy in lacrosse. Do you not uh, yet? <laughs> not yet. What I want to what I want to say is. What this article, what this uh, post thinks you're doing is you're conflating the idea of a, a required moral position in how you deal with individual people. Yep. That's the two things that are going on in this. And it's asking you to ah, just make those the same, right? You have neighbors that are in a gay relationship. Oh, you know, so you, so this would preclude you from talking to them and attempting to befriend them and evangelize them. No, right. No, it would not. Right. Or water, you know, like, right. Um, but that, that there is, but that it's, there's a conflation on what on a fundamental worldview belief level we should be doing is different. And, and again, you could, again, this is the same kind of thing that was done with abortion. Oh, so you're saying you you oppose abortion in all cases. So if a woman came to your church and said, I had an abortion, so you, I guess you would never help her. Right. Oh, no, that's not what I know. Right. These aren't these aren't these aren't the same thing. Yeah. Right. These th this conflation is is a logical just error. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, and that and that, yes. Um. And so I think um, here's here's the here's one analogy I'll give to it. And then I will talk about this idea of consent in the a different way, which I think is actually a bit of an insanity. Right. I remember all the places in the New Testament where Paul. So this is my first. I'll give two biblical problems with this point of view, because I think we need we need the Bible here. I remember Paul going out into the Roman world and saying, I affirm everyone's legal right to worship the gods of these nations. And um, this is what the Roman Empire has consented to. But, you know, I personally am only going to worship God. 
right? Now, does my, does my analogy fall apart? Only if you're saying what, what we're insisting on is a national policy change, which isn't really what we're even talking about right now, right. which is different. And um, it is notable that Christians pretty quickly got rid of the laws outlawing Christianity in these nations, right, when they were in these places. But, but right, that is not Paul's view, because again, something being legally right doesn't make it right or something I should want to tolerate, right? Like the state, the state may, may be even doing its role appropriately, right? Let's say it was even correct to allow idolatry to exist in Rome. Well, it's not really my job to help that, to insist that idolatry continues in Rome, right? Yeah. Even and nor that, is it wise, right? Like this, right. this idea, is this is so often done, right? In the name of, well, we really want to like love our neighbor, right? Well, mm-hmm. to love your neighbor, we need to, to live peaceably, which means we need to give in and acquiesce on historic Christian ideals. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not true, right? When right. if two adults consent to something that is destructive to them and that uh, has negative social effects outside of them, there's nothing wrong with Christians going out of their way to make sure that's not a legal right. And obviously that says, hey, well, it is this way. So what do you do now, right? And that's right. like, there's something to be said there, right? So yes. yeah, you know, um, does that mean that you have to, there are things that you need to consider being in a post-Christian America. Right. Um, right. But that doesn't mean that we have to say, well, things are just gonna stay this way. This is just the way things are. But that's the feel I get from this, right? The feel right. I get from this is, well, kind of toss in the towel, I know, you know, in the last couple of decades, there's been some, uh, you know, legal uh, uprising by Christians or others, or the church has supported, you know, referendums that would, you know, continue to keep gay marriage illegal or something. And that's since we're past that, since we're past Obergefell, well, therefore, it's over. Right. Well, what about let's let's take the example of like Roe versus Wade, like on the legal rights issue. Right. Okay, well, abortion was a legal right. Okay, um, so you no, don't. I will say, gay marriage is a legal right in this. It was established in this country the same way Roe was, yes. via a Supreme Court decision. Yeah, so just, just so they were made. So whatever legitimacy or illegitimacy, like that, how that that law became established. Yeah, they were established the same way. After even states like California, right, voted a majority to keep it illegal, mm-hmm. by the way. Yep. Um, and like, and I think that's probably changed, right? As far as yeah, like yeah, for cultural sure. opinion, I think that's changed since then. Um, but that's just important to remember. Like, so this is very similar in many ways to the Roe v. Wade decision. If Christians were told after Roe v. Wade, which I'm sure they were, at, I'm sure some were, right? I'm sure that some were kind of like, well, toss in the towel, give it up. Um, why are you fighting to overturn these things? Um, this is the legal right that people have, and you just have to live with it now. That's right. again, that's how this maybe that's not what they're trying to get across, but that sure is what it seems right. like. So that seems to be the kind of idea that they're they're pushing and, um, is be more passive. And, and then, and, yeah, the, the other problem I think is, is this idea of rights, because actually 
if I had a neighbor who was gay, I should actually want their rights defended because they're a hu- they are a human being in God's image. And the rights, that's their, the rights are something that God has sent his deacon, the state to protect and to yeah. defend. However, not to create, right? Like, or yeah. therefore then take away and, you know, like act unilaterally. Like there are plenty of things the state could do to gay people for any variety of reasons that I should, for their sake, oppose, despite yeah. whatever disagreements we may have or whatever sin they're committing, right? But yeah, this is, again, this is not, not what we're discussing, right? Yep. And this is a clip, right? So this is yep. just one little quote pulled out. Yeah. Maybe that, the full well, context would, you know, change our minds. Yep. And and we're about to get to that. But Pastor Michael, I want to give one uh I want to give one half-hearted defense of this. And then I want to give one more what I think to be uh I, I think pretty unwielding biblical argument for why this is bad and then we will have to talk about where this comes from because it's pretty essential the context i think will really help people understand uh uh, pastor michael i'm a libertarian christian i'm trying to make sure i can still take my kids to homeschool or a christian school and make sure your church you don't get shut down so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to try and get everyone around me to agree, "Hey, let's just let everyone kind of do their own thing. Let's not get in each other's way. I'll affirm your legal right. You affirm my legal right to be with my kids and uh, my church and let, let's all just let us live." And I think this is a pretty common perspective today. And 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 is an is an attempt to defend a lot of uh, Christian freedom today by saying, hey, I'll let those people do whatever they want if you let me do whatever I, if they will just let me do whatever I want. And I'm not going to get in their way because uh, they're not hurting people. How would you respond? Because I think, again, I don't think that's exactly what this is doing, but I think this is in that vein. Like, hey, let pagans going to peg. Let me church going to church. Let's just let bygones be guy, bygones and move on. Yeah, so this is I think this is really common, right? Yep. And it's in some sense, you know, it's the desire of a lot of us. Like, yeah, yeah let's, hey, we're not all going to agree, but we can kind of leave each other alone. Um, but that doesn't, in practice, that does not work. Um, and it will not work. So there's two two kind of things, uh, two, two ways that I would approach this. Number one is the issue of, of what is actually good for your neighbor. Right. What you as a Christian are actually called to um, like, what are you called to in loving your neighbor? Mm. Well, it is not to simply sit by while they harm themselves physically, spiritually, socially. Um, It doesn't mean that you can go out and change everything overnight. It doesn't mean that you need to be this like, you know, um, everything is about changing social policy or something like that. Like there's there there are smart ways to go about changing this but the idea that we can just say well leave you guys alone over there leave us alone over here um i think number one that simply like there there is something that is good for our neighbors and though i don't think um it right it's right to 
um, use force in some cases. Um, you know, when we're talking about something like murder, um, I do think that there's, you know, good reason to believe that, you know, this is an area where, yeah, force can be used to say, if you murder a child, there should be repercussions, right? The, the government should um, penalize that in, in some capacity. That's one of the roles that the state has. Um, right. And there, there should be, I think, uh, there could be some healthy debate about, like, where does that line fall on sexual immorality, right? There's, like, there are certain ways in which, hey, we all, you know, we don't all agree. Uh, but we could, you know, maybe come right. to more agreement. Okay, so something like, you know, rape. Mm. There Should there be a penalty from the state against somebody that does that? Of course. Uh, of course there should be. And so there's there should be debate right about and discussion about, OK, well, where is that line then with sexual morality? Uh, because there is a line where there's crimes and there are sins that are not necessarily at the level of crime where the state steps in. Admittedly, that's that's going to be a different thing. But the idea that you can just say, let them go, let us go. No, what I mean, what does a church do but go into right. every nation to every people and proclaim to them the gospel? and teach them to obey everything that God has commanded. That's right. what we're supposed to go and do. And and so that's number one. Right. Number and, one, and, I think it it kind of go ahead. Yeah. And and note again, that's that's not a not a a practice or an advocacy of a policy prescription. No. But it is saying, hey, my job actually the job of the wise Christian isn't to affirm the legal rights. My job is actually to say what God says. Yeah. Right. Like, like if there's a, and, and there are different ways to do that and different times where that may or may not be appropriate. Like there's maybe wisdom in doing that. But yep. my job isn't like, well, I'm here to say that's your legal right. As long yeah, as you I don't. Be- right. You can't just rubber stamp. I'm not just going to rubber stamp everything because it happens to be legal. Right. Right. Number um, two. So secondly, though, um, the idea that we can just well, let them do their thing. We do our thing. That is not something that you will be allowed to do. And that should be obvious, by the way, right? Like, how could you be at this point, right? How could you be at this point seeing what all has happened over the last couple of decades and think, oh yeah, um, these people that uh, have a wildly different worldview um, worship a wildly different God, like they're just going to, they're just going to leave us alone and let yep. us worship God in peace. I wish that were the case, right? We should pray for peace. We should pray that yes. we could be at peace with everybody. We should we should go out of our way even. And Paul yep. says we should seek to live peaceably with everyone as far as it uh, concerns us, right. as far as we are able to. Right. Even um, as David, far as it is within our power. David found a way to live peaceably amongst the Philistines for yeah. a while. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's impressive. Like yeah. that is going to lengths. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, so yes, um, yes, we want to do that as far as possible. We are in a time where you can't do that, right? Like, we're, or or increasingly, you can't do that. Where every area of your life, this uh, idea of of you know, kind of uh, various kinds of sexual morality are being imposed upon you and if you do not accept them very quickly you can't be a part of the social realm at all right you cannot have a business right if you dare have a business that might say well i'm not going to say bake a cake for a 
uh, same-sex marriage. I'm going to sell cakes to people who are homosexual. I'm going to, at times, hire people who are homosexual to work for me. But I can't, in good conscience, decorate a cake that's going to be used in celebration of something that I believe is an abomination before God that he has said is not right. Okay, well, guess what? You have to lose your business, right? right? You probably should go to jail. You know, like that's where we're at. Because if anything, that's what it means to be in a post-Christian society. That the things that were like acceptable, at one point expected, and then were acceptable. Oh yeah, that's a Christian opinion. Yeah, a little backwards, but whatever. Those, that that's gone, right? That's exactly what it means to be in a post-Christian society. That's right. But I, that's right. Know. Yeah, this idea. The, so this again, it assumes this kind of secular like pluralism. Right. Hey, we're all going to find a way to get along and there can be a little peace for Christians in there. There can't be. Right. Well, what's interesting is I, I was reading a book. Uh, it's uh, it's a book by Leslie Nubian and our listeners may have opinions about him. But right. So he came back to the U.S., uh, the West specifically, and found it pluralistic. He's a longtime missionary and was like, wow things are way different than when I left now. So he died in the late nineties. So right. His, you know, he spent a long time overseas. And so he kind of started writing about what does it mean uh, to, for us to start uh, doing evangelism, right. Discipling in a pluralistic society. Right. Uh, Great question. And he was asking it way before anyone else. So whatever his, whatever degree our listeners like or dislike his answers, this guy is asking this question in like the 60s and seven. Like he's asking this when everyone else is like, what's going on? Like he yeah. understood <laughs> um, what was going on. But right. Um, and because of how far ahead, like people still like use his stuff to think about it. And maybe they shouldn't. And, you, and you'll see why sometimes I wonder, because he said, what we need to learn to do is have a non-coercive encounter with the West. And so my joke about it is always like, I'd be out here trying to have a non-coercive evangelism encounter and they'd be like, bake the cake or you're going to jail. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, like I'd be right. out here having a non-coercive encounter and they'd be like, bring your kids to the drag show or you're going to jail, you moron. Like, yep. oh, like, wow. It doesn't feel like, uh, that doesn't feel so pluralistic. Like, right, it doesn't so, feel like that's exactly working. Yeah, and so... Um, and that's not to say again, right. The, the, and the difference here again is there's also the, um, pragmatic of what is possible. Like what I actually have to do in the world is like, um, because again, even with abortion, if you think about what the pro-life industry did and condemned people for not doing, which was right, is they still were only, they were petitioning the government to do what was right. They were not taking things into their own hands. They were acknowledging, actually, this is a legal reality in this country, right? And we're going to have to react within that realm. Just like here, you're going to have to act. You have to understand that it's a legal reality, right? But does it mean you should give in? Does it mean, right? I think the other, and this is a question for another time, right? The idea of, do you... Here's a, just a question for someone to think about. And we can talk about it another time if it's actually interesting. Do you want marriage as it's been understood basically forever to just be a Christian thing here on out? Um, okay. I mean, that's, that's kind of what you're putting out there. 
because the idea that it doesn't harm anyone no it actually harms the people involved and i would say the same thing about the way we handle divorce now yep everyone listening knows that how we've chosen to handle that harms all the people involved yep right how we handle uh the idea of consent as what makes sex uh at least not the worst has harmed all parties involved yep right that this the idea that this does you know they're uh you know we're not harming anyone is and this is i think actually the ultimate biblical argument in it because so we come to the end of romans one and i'm not even going to read i don't need i the point isn't where paul says being given up to degrading passions right they exchange natural relationships for unnatural but it's actually the very end of this verse is what i think as christians we need to keep in mind so he goes and he lists he says they were filled with manners of unrighteousness evil covetousness malice they're full of envy murder strife deceit maliciousness they're gossips they're slanderers haters of god insolent haughty boasters inventors of evil disobedient to parents foolish faithless heartless and ruthless and paul's saying this is fallen humanity right this is a wide swath of sin and paul's saying this is what has become of humanity because of their rebellion against god because though they knew god's righteous decree though they knew what is right those and that that though they knew god's righteous decree here's what they knew it's not even just general god's law in general that they knew God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. Not only do they do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Yeah. This, is, this is what concerns me, is that not that these sins occur. We are in a sinful world. These sins occur. I can look at sins on that list and say, I've committed that sin, Right. Yeah. I have been disobedient to my parents. I have been a gossip. I have certainly been foolish. I have been heartless, right? I have been envious. I can look at this list and cry out to God because of my sin. But there is a world, this sin, even sin of homosexuality, even sin of any, all kinds of sexual sins will exist, right? You know, there's also the argument against uh banning abortion well it still will happen you're right it will because it's sin yep. and almost every human society has had some form of it but the fallenness that paul is identifying is not only that people will do these sins but give approval so what's yeah. a what's a wild thing is that okay these sins do happen you want to hear something wild people will not will not so much even suppress that that they will approve them. Mm. That is what I think this post ends up doing. And that is what I think the biblical reason this post is uh, deserved the bat signal to be called on it. But Pastor Michael, should we turn the corner to the, this is a poll quote. So a lot of people didn't actually realize this right away. And I don't yep, know our listeners. Right may not have known that i didn't this, know it right away by the way was, i didn't know uh, and actually william wolf who posted this kind of real like let me let me go through his thread because he goes he goes look maybe that's not what they meant but it's precisely what they the, this language does and he's saying that it approves of same-sex marriage who wrote this 
who approved this? He's wondering because like nobody even knew. And he said, here's the article and this is the worst paragraph. The fact that this paragraph got through TJC's editors, tell me everything I need to know about this outfit. So Pastor Michael, this very real opinion is a poll quote from an article called How Should I Respond to a Colleague's Same-Sex Wedding by Charlie Self. Of course it is. I was a so very like a person. Very, a very real, by the way. Obvi- yeah, we should say disclaimer. Charlie Self is real. Is that- he is not a bot. He is not kind of some kind of he- sentient AI. Even though one of his most recent articles was about can Christians replace people with AI, which TGC may be doing, but not in Charlie Self's case. He's, he's very real. <laughs> he, he has to be a real it's person. A real his name, name is Charlie Self. <laughs> this article that has the word affirm and consent in like every sentence next to each other that feels like you just took the, the a, a, like a, a word like populator for things that go together with these terms. Definitely a real, definitely real. Charlie Self is not a bot. TGC is not a dead website that is completely run by bots. And Trevin Wax also is a very real person. <laughs> Trevin Wax. <laughs> yep. Trevin Wax is real. Charlie Self, I think we will get you on the show someday because that's how real I know you are. You're up for the conversation. Um, <laughs> now, Pastor Michael, for our patrons. I was shocked by this. I was oh, shocked when you, you said this to me. Well, I shouldn't have been shocked, but like, I just. Uh, like, of course, of course, this ended up being Charlie Self, because that is the, the providential world that we live in. By the way, where, see, of course, having this podcast, knowing of Charlie Self, this would be something that gets put out. I want everyone to go to the article uh, and re- here's Charlie Self's bio. Pastor Michael, are you ready for this? <laughs> a very re- it's going to be a very real bio. It feels very real. You know, you know, these are normally like a paragraph long, like yep. where they live, yeah. you know different things here's charlie selfs <laughs> charlie self is a pastor professor author and speaker <laughs> the end, the end. <laughs> also general. if you go to his twitter seems super like a real person interacting yep. a lot and yeah it's not yep. just sharing of articles yeah how to respond to a colleague morning row how should a christian handle being sued should an employee ask for health insurance all, all things I know people are writing TGC to get their art, uh, opinions on from Charlie Self, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> a real guy, you know, an important guy. His, in his name's own Charlie. Role. That's right. How could, how could a guy named Charlie not be real? Charlie, not a name that is like so common and a last name like Self that doesn't feel like you got it from an AI. But also definitely not an AI generated picture of him. Yep. <laughs> not just a, like gene- the most generic looking older professional man <laughs> possible that like if I were to be like, hey, is this an accountant or a pastor? You'd be like, I don't know either. Is this a uh, business owner or a well uh, plumber dressed for church? I don't know either. <laughs> is this guy retired? Is he? Yeah. I don't know either. Charlie Self is all of us. All of us. Char- all. Charlie Self is all of us. So, Pastor Michael, there's another thing. So, I want to say for our patrons, we're going to go through this advice article in a moment, and we're going to discuss uh, what we think was good and bad. I will say this paragraph is by far the worst part of this article. A, yeah. a, a bunch of this other part of the article is fine. 
Why is the poll quote, now this article is also a year old as a sidebar. Another interesting thing that this really, oh yeah. Oh, this is from June of 2021. So they reposted it? They repost the quote also without attribution to Charlie Self. And since Charlie Self is a real person, I would be very upset I was not being given the, a proper accreditation. Like, <laughs> now, again, unless he's a robot that TGC owns, like, then, you know, what is he going to do? Like, there's not much. They can just use his stuff however they want, like Dolly 2 pictures. But so why does this get to why? How do you pull the worst quote? And the, and the thing is, is unless this article is basically written for the sake of finding a way to affirm same-sex marriage along yeah. the way. That's, it seems like it's trying to move in that direction. Right? So that it's trying on, to at so least can, pacify, at least pacify yep, any exactly. kind of resistance, any kind of political and legal resistance that Christians might try to put up. This seems to be, hey, let's, let's try to put the kibosh on that. Yes. Christian, we love you. We are going to go talk to our patrons. God has not called you to approve of anything he doesn't love. Right. One of our one of our people in our chat channel shared this great quote from Rosaria Butterfield uh, after after she saw this quote um, and she shared this. She shared this statement. When we advocate for laws and policies that bless relationships that God calls sin, we are acting as though we think ourselves more merciful than God. And this reminds me of the C.S. Lewis quote, which is famous for. The hardness of God is more merciful than the softness of man. Mm. There's many difficulties coming ahead of us in a post-Christian time. But God is not ever going to call us to approve of what he has called wrong, what he's called evil, what he's called bad. And God, and again, God does not even conflate that in his self with loving, loving sinners who do that. Well, I hope it was worth you leaving your restless summer get up for this episode, Pastor Michael. Thanks for hopping out and hopping in. Yeah, we'll we'll be back to it. We'll be back to it with more interviews coming up. So yeah. uh, don't take off those flip-flops just yet. And uh, we'll be back with Restless Summer soon. Join us next week where we will get our interview with C.R. Wiley posted. <laughs>